I can show you the world. You don't need Aladdin. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess. No, tell me. When was the last time you let your heart decide? I don't know. It could be right now. It could be right now as you're listening to the best podcast out there to get your Disney fix. My Disney Addiction Podcast. With your hosts, the Sultan of Splash Mountain, the Devourer of the Dole Whip, it is the Disney Detective, Greg. And, and, come on, Chris, don't leave me hanging, man. Oh, that's right, Chris, your number one ghost host, actually is doing a sleepover in the Haunted Mansion. Um, he, he finally decided to be a happy haunt, making it that even 1,000. So uh, we do not have him in today's episode. It's just going to be me, just going to be good old Greg one-on-one with you like a fireside chat you know the old ones that fdr franklin delano roosevelt would do from 1933 to 1944 you know to talk to the american populace you know yeah so it's just you and me guys uh we're just gonna wing it we're just gonna have some fun we're gonna talk about of course disney because i mean it's it's a this is a podcast about disney um so, yeah, I mean, let's just see. Let's just see what we can do here. Um, I think I think this episode will be a good in, uh, start to get to know your Disney detective, Greg. So I'll, let you, I'll, I'll fill you in on who I am and how I truly became a true Disney addict. So, as I'm sure you know, my, I'm 26 years old. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember. And if you think that I am hardcore because I co-host a Disney podcast, well, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg, all right? Just the tip of the iceberg. Because I have a Disney YouTube channel called, you guessed it, The Disney Detective. Now, I've been doing that for about, wow, five years. Five years. It has flown by. Uh, it initially was called The Triviologist. And, and I would just do, you know, weekly videos on um, just cool pieces of trivia, things of that nature. But um, I realized that my true passion was Disney. So I, I changed it to be uh, the Disney detective. So definitely check me out on YouTube, right? I know, a shameless plug, but uh, that's another great source of other Disney content that I have. I haven't posted in a while, but I'm looking to uh, continue that and maybe pick it up, do more... Uh, postings on on youtube as well as as we uh begin to expand here on the my disney addiction podcast uh so that's been a lot of fun um i do skits there i do of course trivia um and uh yeah parodies on some very very popular songs so uh ton of fun and i'm very glad i'm able to bring that character or or that nickname i should say that moniker to this podcast um uh, yeah, so in addition to that, uh, I've also been to Walt Disney World for 25, 26 times, um, ever since 1997, um, and uh, it is my home away from home, guys. I immensely love that place, 
And uh, I was recently watching something on Disney Plus that Chris uh, definitely told me I should check out. It was called uh, The Imagineering Story. And uh, they have probably hour-long episodes. Um, I'm well into the first episode. And I don't know. It's just it, it's, it's a really, really cool feeling um, just to be able to see the, the start of of the Imagineering as a concept for theme parks. And then to actually go back to the parks and see that in action and and maybe to have a newfound appreciation for the rides, for the resorts, for just pretty much everything down to a T. Cause that, I mean, that's what Disney Imagineering is known for. Am I right? It's them not leaving any stone unturned. Like, they think of everything. It's insane. It is insane. And that's definitely one of my fallbacks. I would love to be a Disney Imagineer. Of course, I'm a little too old to start it, but hey, you know what? Don't give up on your dreams, folks. That's that. That's one of the mantras of this podcast. Always have dreams. Always reach for them. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, so Disney YouTube channel, Disney podcast, um, and just... Disney fanatic, a Disney vacationer. I mean, that's the only place I go for, for vacation. I, I definitely should expand that. Uh, but it is on my bucket list to go to every Disney park in the world. Yes, in the world. Um, I know that we touched upon this earlier um, at an episode, but I believe there are six. You have, of course, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And that, by the way, that's how you know that I'm from the Midwest, because I say Florida. I don't, I don't say the I in Florida. Florida. Uh, you have Disneyland, the one that started it all out in Anaheim, California. Uh, you have Shanghai Disneyland in, well, Shanghai. You have Hong Kong Disneyland in Hong Kong. Tokyo Disney Sea. I think that's what it's called. Or maybe Disney Sea is a, a part of the Disneyland or the Disney Park out in Tokyo. But anyway, there's, there, there's one in Tokyo. And, uh, of course, Euro Disney, or um, the formerly known as Disneyland Paris in Paris, France. Of course, you have other destinations by Disney, you know, Aulani in Hawaii, and you have some other uh, resorts like the Hilton Head in South Carolina. I think it's in South Carolina. It's in one of the Carolinas. Um, but just there's so many things that I still have to experience. Because, of course, I'm a master at the Walt Disney World experience. I know that place like the back of my hand. And uh, I know a couple episodes ago we did talk, we, we briefly talked about my most recent trip to Walt Disney World. But just with all the questions Chris had and more, um, I guess, explanations on my end, we didn't really delve into my trip. So I figured that this would be a nice way to just um, be able to give you more of a, a representation of what I usually do when I go to Walt Disney World. Um... So we usually have a pretty good schedule. My family and I plan it out months and months before. I mean, that's what you have to do because Disney has gotten so popular that you need to be able to say, okay, guys, at this mark, we're going to set up our fast passes. At this mark, we're going to, you know, um, reserve uh, restaurant dinners. It's crazy. You have to you have to plan it out, literally. I mean, of course, it, it is fun to be spontaneous, but we've learned, you know, if we want to get to the, the things that we want to get to and see, we have to plan ahead. 
So um, we typically do uh, Epcot at night, just because you know that's the most, uh, in our opinion, the best park where you can get um, a variety of food for dinner. So we we do Epcot at night usually, and then we usually take one of the other parks like Magic Kingdom, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Rip, MGM Studios, and uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom in the morning. So this trip was a little bit different. Like uh, m- most of you might remember, uh, only less than half of my family of seven went. So it was me, my father, and then one of my brothers. So we definitely were, were traveling with a lighter load and we're able to do maybe things more um, on a whim, more spontaneously. So um, the first thing that we did once we landed on, I believe, Saturday, it was like around 10 a.m., uh, we went straight to Disney Hollywood Studios because we wanted to see Star Wars Land in person. Now, those of you who know me, I am a huge Star Wars fan. Love it to death. And uh, I, I, ha- I had mixed feelings when Lucas, George Lucas, sold it to Disney in 2012. Just because, well, I wanted them to do it right by George Lucas, the man, the myth, the legend, who created this wonderful franchise. Uh, but I was also excited because that means that Disney would then be for sure making more Disney, I mean, um, Star Wars content, whether it be movies, TV shows, other merchandise. Because, I mean, that was one thing that I, I viewed that Star Wars was lacking. Like, I wanted to see more of the story unfold. I mean, granted, we had wonderful comic books, phenomenal books. I mean, just insane, insanely amazing books. So, um... I really wanted to see that put onto a big or small screen. So uh, p- part of me wanted to see where Disney would take it and <laughs> hoping that they would um, you know, do it right by me, of course. I mean, every fan, w- it- it's really hard to please every fan, just in any franchise that, that you like or that you know other people create. Um, so again, vi- I was I was a little I was excited and skeptical. I was more anxious to see where Disney would take this. Um, and moving forward, um, especially when I so we're I'm just gonna glance over the the movies just because I'll I'll talk about that later in a later episode or later in this episode. I don't know. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. I'm just uh, holding onto the magic carpet and hoping that I don't fall off into um, the the cave of wonders here. Um, so hopefully you guys can uh, hang on with me. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, so um, once I heard that they were actually creating Star Wars Land, again, anxious. Didn't know what they were going to do. Because I know that Disney wanted to sort of meld uh, everybody else's minds into thinking, hey, you know, Star Wars now, it belongs to Disney. So we want this to be the Disney era. We want people to associate Disney and our movies with Star Wars instead of Lucasfilm, you know, when, when they were independent. Honestly, I mean, that's just my opinion. So I didn't know what they were going to do. I really wanted them to take things from the movies and put them into that proposed Star Wars land, you know? I would have loved to see, you know, the like the icon be that, like, an actual, well, not a life-size um, Death Star, you know, where you can actually go through a ride. Think of Spaceship Earth, but just make it look like the Death Star. And you could go in and you can see, like, the inner workings, so or there would be a show in there. And then, uh, in true Disney fashion, you know, you could have different lands. You could have, like, Tatooine. You could have Naboo. You could have Hoth. You could have 
uh, Geonosis or Camino or you know one of the newer ones. That would have been really cool in terms of a park that I wanted to see. Um, see, that was another thing. They called it land instead of park. Land, I sort of could tell that, okay, are they gonna add it to a, like a pre-existing park? And that's what they did. Um, I really believe that Star Wars has a whole lot more uh, content that can be uh, displayed much better if they just dedicated a singular park to Star Wars. And I will stand by that and I hope that it happens. I don't know if it will, but that would be my ultimate goal or dream. Um, if I was, you know, in charge of the Disney theme parks, um, that's what I would have uh, done. But um, anyway, as I was seeing like the marketing unfold for Star Wars Land, I realized that, well, hey, it's not gonna be something that we've seen in the movies. It's gonna be something completely new. It's gonna be Galaxy's Edge and Wild Space on Batuu, I think. I think that's what the planet is called. An abandoned, uh, I think, rebellion, I don't know, um, stronghold, you know, as they were hiding away from the Empire, but now it has been taken over by the Resistance uh, in their hiding from the First Order. I mean, that it's it's a cool story that they laid out, I'll give them that, but again, it, it, it doesn't bring you to anything that was hinted at the movie. So when you walk in, it's just like, oh, this is just a new land. I haven't seen anything, you know, in movies or, or books about this. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So that was a long, long-winded explanation of why I'm a Star Wars fan and how it is very hard to um, say exactly what kind of fan you are now with uh, Disney now owning Star Wars. But I digress. Anyway, the first day of our Disney vacation, yes, we went to Star Wars Land. We checked that out. Um, and honestly, it was a lot smaller than I thought. Uh, it, there were a lot of open spaces that I initially just started to believe that, oh, you know, they'll add, they'll fill in other attractions or, you know, guest appearances or character spots there. We walked in. It's, it actually wasn't that busy as well. I mean, not a lot of people were there. And uh, this was, this was October was it 18th of 2019. Yeah. So it was uh, uh, about a, a couple months, not even August, September. Yeah, it's like a month and a half after it opened in Walt Disney World. And you, and, I mean, it, it could have tricked you to thinking, well, it's been open for years and years. And all of the people who have wanted to go on, you know, the Star Wars rides have gone on it. And now it's just, you know, like last year's thing. I mean, heck, Pandora is still more busy than, or is still busier than Star Wars Land. But anyway, um, when we went, of course, the Rise of the Resistance did not um, open up. It, it wasn't open yet. Um, well, now, you know, since it's past December 9th, um, right now, Rise of Resistance is in full force. And I gotta tell you, folks, I am fighting this tooth and nail not to watch the video tutorials on YouTube for this tutorials the video walkthrough of the ride because i've heard great things and of course i want to be able to experience it fully in person um and hey i'm going in a month again so i'm like i think i can wait but i'm like oh it's gonna be so hard just because i wanted a lot more to come out of star wars land of course you have the millennium falcon and the star wars run or the uh, smugglers run i should say and that was really cool as like an initial experience um, the queue was okay, like you're walking through uh, more like a starship um, mechanical yard. 
So nothing too special there, but when you start to go into the Falcon, like you walk through, you see the, was it the Jarek table that Luke Skywalker was sitting at? Um, and they're playing like the hologram games with the monsters, like huge nostalgia blast. Like it, again, came straight from the movies and that's what I needed. It was phenomenal. And of course we were broken up into three different positions in the cockpit of, of the Falcon. You have two pilots, two engineers, and two gunners. Now, I was lucky enough to be one of the pilots along with one of my brothers. Now that, I believe, is uh, the top-notch position that you should get to fully enjoy this uh, Millennium Falcon ride because you actually get to control the Falcon. One pilot operates up and down, the other, and then the, the second pilot the co-pilot does left and right whereas the engineers like they just press some buttons same with the gunners you know to fire the turret guns of the falcon um and we i went back to do it a couple days later and i got um an engineer position and again it wasn't as fun just because you're just sitting and pressing buttons so um overall like it i enjoyed the queue actually being inside uh, a real, though real, quote, quotation mark, real uh, Millennium Falcon. Um, but, I mean, again, it it is a good experience walking through Batuu. Again, I've never really seen anything in the movie, so I didn't know how to expect it as I was walking through. It's it's a lot like a, like a rundown bazaar. Um, you have the lightsaber created, uh, creation place. You have the droid factory. And I, I stepped in. I looked at it. It does look pretty cool. They have some great collectibles, great apparel and, and merchandise there. I, I, I will give them that. Um, but just a little underwhelming. I, I was really hoping, you know, to see more from the movies, even the prequels. I mean, I know a lot of people hate on the prequels, but hey, you know, I was, I was, I was a kid of the late 90s and 2000s, and that's when it came out. So I'm a fan of the prequels. I would have loved to see some of that more futuristic stuff. Um, but hey, let me know if you guys have been to Star Wars Land. Even better if you have actually ridden the Rise of the Resistance. Let me know what you thought. Of course, without giving ex um, out ex spoilers, just give me your raw reaction to it. That'd be awesome. Um, other, you know, big things that we sort of glanced over while I was explaining my my trip in an earlier episode was, uh, uh, I think, I, th I think. I might have talked about this, but um, yeah, I was an I was an Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular uh, extra, uh, my second time doing that, and I got to tell you guys, there's nothing more electrifying than actually being just on the set while Indy and Marion are just running around punching the bad guys, you know, scaling up those walls. It is a ton of fun, and. Uh, I, I definitely recommend going for it. I mean, it's a great memory that, that you can have that's priceless, priceless. I'm still on the lookout to be the one chosen for the death scene. I want that, I want that. It's gonna happen, maybe next time I go. Lucky number 27th trip, gonna get my Oscar winning death scene. <laughs> Other big things, of course, the Food and Wine Festival was in full swing when I was down there, so we got, um, a ton of food there that my mouth is still watering just thinking about oh my gosh it's great 
it is great there. Um, some people don't like like the quick service restaurants or the food. Uh, for me, I love it. Of course, it's you know there's hit and miss everywhere, but love me some Disney food. And uh, let's see what else uh, we had. We had the food. Uh, yeah, we, we, we did a tri-split stay. Uh, we started at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, stayed there for a night, bopped over to Saratoga Springs for a night, and then we finished off, I think, our last five nights at uh, Disney's Beach Club Villas, which you cannot beat. In terms of deluxe villas, uh, okay, well, I mean, of course the bungalows, you got Copper Creek at Wilderness Lodge. I've never been in them. I know that they will definitely take the cake in terms of any kind of resort, but I mean, come on, there's a reason why it's that you only have like, what, seven bungalows and what, seven Copper Creek cabins. They're very expensive. <laughs> so Beach Club is, oh my gosh, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, that mile long pool. Uh, just the accessibility you get to walk to Epcot you even get to walk to Hollywood Studios and now They put in the Disney Skyliner. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Have any of you ridden it? Please let me know because I was very skeptical I'm like why are they putting the Skyliner in? you know like it's not gonna be air-conditioned. It's gonna be cramped It's just not gonna be a good experience, but they just opened it up uh, right before I went and the line the lines were not bad mostly because so you have these stations you have one that's uh by international gateway at epcot and that takes you to uh disney's riviera resort which is the new resort that i believe is opening up later in 2019 before the new year and that's sort of like a stop off point and then um you you slow down and then you get picked back up and then you go to um, this What's the best word to call it? it, it it's more just like uh, an interim station where you can where you get off and then you have two other options You can go straight and that takes you to the art of animation and the pop century resorts I believe or you can go to the other Skyliner which will take you straight to Disney's Hollywood Studios so overall, if you were to go from Epcot, you know, that international gateway destination to Hollywood Studios, it'll take you probably 10, 12 minutes to ride on the gondola, which isn't bad at all. And when I picked up, like, the ride is super smooth. You get to see a really cool view of Walt Disney World that, like, of course, you've never seen before because we, we've never been that high in the sky um, at, at, at that level, just sitting back relaxing as we're you know moving on to the next uh destination on a vacation uh very smooth uh, again you know not no air conditioning but they they had these certain flaps and uh, vents that really kept you very pleasantly just cool as you're riding through the sky so um all in all i was very surprised and happy with the skyliner so i'm a huge fan of that huge proponent and accolade of that. So definitely check that out when you're down there. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, but everybody has so many different ways of vacationing at Disney. They found ways that, that work for themselves, which is great. It's great. 
and um, I'm always open to hearing like what your go-to things are at uh, any of the Disney parks. So let me know. I'd love to try them out. I'm very adventurous and I'm always up for new things. So please let me know in regards to that. Um, so again, looking forward to my 27th trip uh, in January of 2020. Man, I cannot believe that it's almost 2020. That is insane. Insane. All right. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna quickly move off of that train. You, you get, I think it's safe to say that you guys know that I love Disney, right? So a little bit more about me. Um, I'm a huge creative person. Um, and over the past couple years, um, I have written a book, believe it or not. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's actually a fantasy novel. And get this, guys. Uh, the idea came to me from a dream. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche and a couple, you know, authors always say, oh yeah, you know, like I had the best dream that started this, this phenomenal book series. Well, it's, it's true for me. Um, I, I had this crazy vivid dream. I mean, if I close my eyes now, I can picture it just like I did three years ago. Um, I could not get it out of my head. So I started writing it down. And about three years later, after a lot of re revising, a lot of um, talking with an editor and, and just making this story wonderful, in my opinion. Uh, I published it. I self-published it on Amazon this, uh, this past June. So June 2019, I became an official author, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and the name of my novel is called uh, Sky Jewel Legacy Heritage. Now, um, I think it is very refreshing and different from um, other fantasy or magic-centric uh, stories. Um, of course, you think of Harry Potter when you think of sorcery, magic, fantasy, maybe Lord of the Rings as well. Um, for me, though, the main character of the book is a, is, is a girl is a girl yeah she is a she's a college girl who um on her 21st birthday finds out that she is the last living descendant of this powerful line of sorcerers now these sorcerers are called omnimancers and they can um control all aspects of the sorcery world or or, or, or magic if you will um and i sort of liken my book uh, you know, just to give you a sense of how this story is and what I want to get from it. It's a cross between Harry Potter and Avatar The Last Airbender. Not Avatar The Blue People, you know, with James Cameron. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And um, I'm super proud of this novel. I'm currently working on the sequel. So yes, there will be more if you are interested. You can, uh, you can find it on Amazon, like I said. It's uh, Sky Jewel Legacy Heritage. Heritage is the name of the first book. Sky Jewel Legacy is that umbrella name. Um, it is uh, ebook, I believe, for $2.99, and then you can get the paperback for $8.99. So um, definitely go on there, check it out. Uh, I believe that you can go in and you can read a couple of chapters to see if you like my style of writing. Uh, like I said, I spent a lot of time on it crafting the story, building the characters, building the world. Uh, so, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it if you do want to check it out. Um, 
I, I know that Chris is a huge like Harry Potter fan, so um, he started the book. I don't know if he, if he finished it. I'll have to ask him, but um, so far he's enjoying it. So um, that's another thing that I like to keep busy with is uh, writing. Never thought that I'd be a writer, but uh, here I am talking about it on a podcast, which I never thought that I would do. <laughs> Um, outside of uh, that, uh, I love to paint. I love to draw. Again, going off of my creative side. So um, I'll, I'll try posting some stuff on the My Disney Addiction social media pages of some of my art. But um, I do a lot of Disney art. Surprising! Um, yeah, uh, you know, some from my favorite movies, and I'm continuing to make more uh, if I have the time, that is. Um, I've done a couple from Peter Pan, a couple from Monsters, Inc., Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Buzz Lightyear. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely shoot that up. Uh, whoa. Okay, did not mean to say that. <laughs> I'll definitely put that up on social media. Woo, okay. Calm down, Greg. You're getting a little feisty right now. Take it back a couple. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just love painting. I, I'd never had a formal art class in my life. Of course, you know, you had your, your elementary school and middle school art classes. Now, I'm not knocking those. Those are great. But, it, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, if you have time, you know, make some clay. Or I, I loved those uh, black pieces of paper that you could have those special pencils. And when you would, like, make lines or draw something, it would, like, it would lift off that black. I don't even know what that material was, but it would be like a tie-dye or like a rainbow, you know, underneath it. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but I love doing that whenever I had time, like if, if, I, if I was finished with whatever we were doing in art class. Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, I taught myself a lot of trial and error, but a ton of fun, and I knew that I was learning along the way, so I didn't really feel like it was a waste. Um, again, I'm a very patient person, so again, I think that that lended to me developing my own technique in painting. Uh, right now, I'm primarily in acrylics, just because it's the easiest to pick up, you know, if you don't have any formal education. I mean, it it's a polymer-based uh, medium. It dries super fast, um, which you can continually work on. The only thing is, you know, it, the blending capabilities aren't as good as oil, um, but definitely gets the job done. So I'll, 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 put, I'll post some of those photos on social media as well. Um, as well as uh, my m the link to my book. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, oh, I recently got a new car. Yeah, so the car that I've been driving for the last nine years, goodness, didn't make it to 10 for me, unfortunately. It was a 2002 GMC Yukon Denali. The big boy, yeah. I mean, living up in Wisconsin, you definitely have to have an all-purpose car you know, for all of the seasons. You never know when it's going to snow up here. And you never know when it's going to be super hot and just melt. But, uh, yeah, that one I felt unstoppable in that tank. In that tank. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, it, it saw its last mile um, a couple days ago. The, uh, the front left wheel, like the axle, the ball bearings. Now, I'm not really a car person, but I think that's what... I think that's included in a car, maybe... Yeah, so that busted when I was um, on the freeway, highway, freeway. I get mixed up which one's which. Let's just say highway, I think, yeah. 
but luckily I was about three miles away from a car dealership, so I turned it around and I limped back. By the time I got into the parking lot, that wheel carriage, it was smoking, guys. Smoking. Smoking like Scar's lair in The Lion King, you know? Be prepared. That was a pretty good vibrato, not gonna lie. I can't really sing, I'm pretty flat, but sometimes I do surprise myself. Yeah, so um, that that car was total just because the, the, the quotation that I got that was going to uh, tell me, hey, this is how much it, it's going to cost to fix, uh, well, it's uh, it surpassed the Kelly Blue Book value of my car. So it's like, time for a new one. So I've always been a Jeep, a Jeep guy. Love Jeeps, especially Jeep Wranglers. So I was looking for that dream car. And I got it. I got it. I got this like sick, hyper green colored Jeep Wrangler Sahara two door. 2017, 30,000 miles. That thing is gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And now, you know, knowing me, being a creative pal, creative guy, creative dude, it's like, how can I make this definitively my car? How can I do that? So that, that kind of green reminds me of Buzz Lightyear's shield. So I was like, well, on the doors, I could put those three buttons, you know, that he has, you know, like the like that red button, the blue button, the green button, I could put them on. On the back, you know how Jeep Wranglers have a spare tire on the back? Uh, well, the, like the spare tire cover, I could get like a logo of Star Command, right? And then on the rear, rear view mirrors, of course not, on the mirrors themselves, but like the casing, I could put like red and white stripes, like for his wings. And then, and then my license plates could say like Buzz Lightyear or Star Command. Like that would be so sick. That'd be an awesome Buzz Lightyear car. And then I was driving to work in my new Jeep today, and I was listening to some songs on my iPod, and guess what came on? A song from Monsters Inc. Now I think I know where you. I think I think I think I know. I think I think that you think. What I'm thinking right now is that hey, Greg's thinking about Mike, and you're not wrong. So uh, it was it was the Billy Crystal and John Goodman duet. Um, if I didn't have you, and uh, that got me to thinking like, well, well, shoot, my car is like the exact same color of Mike Wazowski. So I can make this a mic car. I could just keep it as is. No, not a lot of decals for that spare tire cover. Just, just a big blue eye. Just a big blue eye. And it could be Mike Wazowski. Imagine that. So I'm at a conundrum, folks. This is this is the conundrum of 2019. I need you guys to help me fix it, to solve it. Should I do a Buzz Lightyear Jeep Wrangler, or should I do a Mike Wazowski Jeep Wrangler? Here we go. I'm posting it. I'm making it a poll. Make sure you go on to my Disney edition, my Disney addiction podcast on Facebook at my Disney addicts on Twitter to uh, participate in that poll. Because guys, I don't know. I am. I'm at a crossroads. I'm like, I could tip either way. It's insane. Uh, but also, yeah, as I was driving, you know, looking all cool in my new Jeep, um, there's this thing that I heard. 
I didn't know if it was true though, because I never owned a Jeep before. It's the wave, the two-finger wave, if you see another Jeep Wrangler on the road. Like, for example, if, if another Jeep Wrangler's coming at you, well, not at you, like, you know, just on the other side of the road, driving past you, they have their hand on the wheel, right? They're driving, they're driving, and they lift up their middle finger, <laughs> their middle finger, and their index finger from the hand that's on the wheel, you know? It's like a little, little salute, a Jeep salute, you know? I've never seen that in my life before. I was very curious to see if that would happen to me when I got a Jeep. And sure enough, sure as Hercules saved Megara from that centaur in the riverbed, sure enough that Simba returned to claim his rightful place as king, I got the cheap salute, folks. I was driving. I saw it coming. I'm like, this is do or die. This is judgment day. First day I'm ever driving this Jeep. It's gotta be. This is a sign, folks. So I put my hand up on the wheel, right? I'm getting ready. Whew, getting goosebumps here. I'm like, okay, don't disappoint. Don't disappoint. Here comes a Wrangler getting closer, getting closer. Then I see the two fingers lift up and I lift my fingers back. And literally the world, the world stopped, guys. It was just me and that other Jeep driver, blocking eyes, saluting the Jeep salute. It was glorious. Life altering. I mean, just, I think me weird, but I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Oh man, that was great. Sorry if I just killed your ears right there. Decibels are off the charts, but hey, this is true. This is a correct fact. It's life altering when you get the Jeep salute, folks. So what else we got to talk about here? I mean, I've, I've been talking for a good 30 plus minutes or so. Actually closer to, to 45 minutes. So I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed. Hopefully uh, you guys aren't bored. Hopefully you aren't bored. So, yeah, um, Disney Plus, guys, it's a thing. It's amazing. Now, I heard that you can watch everything in Disney Plus in a month. Is that true? Is that true? I, I find that very hard to believe. Just because Disney's coming out with some Disney Plus originals, they're constantly going to add more and more content of their previous shows or movies. And I mean, come on, like, to those people who have actually said that they have watched everything on Disney+, Plus, have you watched the Apple Dumpling Gang? Hmm? Or the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again? Are you gonna lie to Don Knotts that you didn't, that you saw his movies when you really didn't? I mean, come on. To those of you who understand what I'm talking about, who have seen the Apple Dumpling Gang, can you pat yourselves on the back? That is a phenomenal live action show, not a show, a movie. I mean, heck, it's so good it spawned a sequel, which I didn't see. I'll, I'll, I'll claim to that fact, claim to that good old truth, but I saw the first and it was great. Apple Dumpling Gang. Mm -mm -mm. How about Bed Knobs and Broomsticks? Did you watch that one too, huh? Disney Plus champion, watched everything in a month. 
I think not. No, sir. Another great movie with Angela Lansbury, who's Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so many returning stars in the Disney catalog. It's great. Maybe we should do a, a podcast about that. It's like all of the Disney stars that have played multiple characters, both live action and animation. An animated, being more grammatically correct. Come on, Greg. Why not? What I am particularly pleased to be watching. Now, this is a surprise. I know. I know. Just I know, guys. The World According to Jeff Goldblum. How many of you have seen that one? I was. I mean, Jeff Goldblum, he is a character. He's a hoot. I love listening to him. Love his interviews on talk shows. Love his movies. But can he do a documentary? Can he do a series? I don't know. Just looking at the episodes in season one. For instance, I'm on um, episode four now. Uh, The first episode was about sneakers. You think that would be intriguing to watch? (laughs) Heck yeah. Second episode, talking about ice cream. Who don't love ice cream? Come on. Everybody's got a little little uh, dessert patch in their stomach that's just wailing for some ice cream. Or should I say screaming for some ice cream? That was awesome to watch. Episode three, tattoos. Now, I don't have any tattoos. I, I've thought about it. But it, it'd have to be meaningful, right? It's a permanent mark on your body. I will not, I mean, it might fade away, but I'll always be there with you. He talks about tattoos. That was amazing. Episode four. I don't know what that is yet. I haven't embarked upon that episode. But hey, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is that character, is that just his voice. I find very soothing and he's very eccentric, a little quirky. Okay. That does not, it does not get old. So definitely check out the world according to Jeff Goldblum. I've also been watching, of course, The Mandalorian. Hello, Baby Yoda. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's taking the world by storm, folks. Disney finally did right by Star Wars with The Mandalorian. Now I know they also did Rogue One and Solo, Star Wars Story. Rogue One was very well done. I loved that movie. Solo wasn't bad either. But The Mandalorian, I think, takes the cake in terms of hearkening back to that original Star Wars feel. They finally caught that. I wouldn't say they they re-caught that lightning in the bottle or replicated it, but they came darn near close. They're coming darn near close, folks. They're doing a great job. Keep it up. Keep it up, Pedro Pascal and Favreau. Good work. I've also been, been watching Even Stevens, some of the classics. The one of my favorite TV shows that is not currently on Disney Plus is The Jersey. And what's up? What's about that? What's up about that? So for those of you who don't know, The Jersey uh, basically is a TV show about some kids who happen upon this magical jersey that when they put it on, they get transported into the body of uh, a popular athlete at the time. So a little trippy. But it was really cool. It was a very cool show. I haven't rewatched that one just because it's not on. So I'm waiting for that. And I know it will come because they have so weird. 
How many of you? How many of you remember so weird? <laughs> that one creeped me out when I was younger. Did not like watching it, and honestly, I don't really have any desire to watch it now. I think I would still get creeped out by it. But it's okay. I got a ton of Disney original movies, Disney Channel original movies to watch. So I got time. That's that'll take me more than a month. Like guys, let's just be honest here. It wouldn't. It does not. No, you cannot watch the entire Disney Plus catalog in a month. Even if you just like put it on repeat or just you know cycling through, you wouldn't be able to do that. No, it's just too much content. Or maybe they did that. Whatever. They just didn't pay attention. See that? That's the other thing. To watch. It's like you're you're taking in, you're remembering. Instead of just seeing, you know, it's like listening and hearing. Listening is like you take it in, you remember, and then you, like, it affects your responses. Hearing is like, oh, okay, you know, I can hear you, I'm, I'm not necessarily listening. Same thing with watching and seeing. Watching, you're actually focused, you're concentrating, you're taking in information and stimuli and, you know, creating memories and make uh, adding it to, to, to your brain. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> uh, but seeing, seeing is just, okay, you know, not really, you're just putting it into quick short-term memories, throwing it out, like, okay, just seeing it, not really, I'm not focusing, just trying to stay alive. So that could be, that could be the game changer, folks. Sure, can, you can see everything in, in Disney+. Plus in a month, but can you watch it? Can you? That'll be my rhetorical question for the week. <laughs> can you? So thank you so much for taking this journey with me around the world. Not really. Not really around the world. Just around the block. Not even around the block. Just wherever you are. Listening with me really do appreciate it you can find us on facebook like i said at my disney addiction podcast twitter the handle is at my disney addicts and on instagram it's my underscore disney underscore addiction underscore podcast and do not forget to write into us either on social media you can post or if you'd like to send us your favorite Disney quote, this could be any quote from movies, TV shows, uh, or attractions, um, leaders of the Disney Corporation, anything, just send it to our email. It's mydisneyaddictionpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to also send in a clip, an audio or video clip of yourself if you want to be featured at the end of a Disney Addiction podcast. Uh, just include your name, where you're from, and how long you've been a Disney addict. Because I definitely want to hear about that. Let's just let's just keep creating this Disney addiction family. Okay? What's mine is yours. What yours is mine. Let's just bond over that. And I want to be able to share you. Share your passion, your voice to our community. Again, it's mydisneyaddictionpodcast at gmail.com. Please do that. We look forward to hearing from you. So guys, the next episode, we're going to talk about, it's going to be a Star Wars episode, because guess what? 
Rise of Skywalker's coming out December 20th, baby. Woo! That is going to be a good movie. I am, uh, I've, uh, again, I'm anxious. I'm waiting for it. Can't wait to, uh, to see it and see, see how they finish up that, that trilogy and the saga, they're saying. It's be fun. I will leave you with this quote. Let's just not forget about one thing. That it was started by a mouse. That was uh, by Walt Disney, saying that you know Mickey Mouse was one that resurged his his uh, career as well as his dying, bankrupt company. But it was interesting. Um, on Disney Plus, I was watching this one series called One Day at Disney, where they highlight uh, certain jobs, certain people in the Disney Corporation, in the parks, um, in in Disney corporate, in the movies. There's this one um, train conductor at Disneyland, and he brought up that quote. He's like, no, no, I, I really do believe it was started by a train. Because it was on a train that Walt Disney then thought of Mickey Mouse. He was riding back to his home in L.A. after feeling de- dejected that Oswald the Rabbit was taken from him by a bigger corporation at the time. He had no other intellectual property to his name. So he sat down on a train, the long train ride home, to tell his wife Lillian what had happened. Only to come up with the character that would save himself, save the company, and breathe life and magic into the hearts of everyone who will come in contact with Disney from that point on. Pretty powerful. That's also a thing. Just keep mushing on, guys. When you think that you're at the end of your rope, no. No. Just grab another one. Pivot. Never give up. Because if you never give up, you will be successful, you will be happy, and you will find success. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy your time. Happy holidays. And we will see you next time. A whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no of where to go or say we're only dreaming. A whole new world. That was a Titan Cast episode.